Good evening. Welcome to the world on the rocks. I'm Jesse. <laughs> I'm Ariel. And so we're going to talk about the end of the world. Uh, more specifically, I'm going to talk about doomsday cults from the past that, you know, seeing as the world hasn't ended yet, they all failed so far. And then I'm, I'm just going to tell you about how we are going to die. So fret not. We'll get to it in a little bit. <laughs> we'll get to it in a little bit. <laughs> uh, tonight... We are drinking uh, Sutter Home Moscato. Hell yeah, brother! Which uh, <laughs> I was, I've been drinking already. I was, uh, I went to Mamacita's and I had uh, some, a rum and coke and then a mojito as well. Oh, it was, I didn't it was tasty. It had some mint in the. Uh, okay, so you like mint in your mojitos, but you won't have rumple mints. I like chocolate and I like mint. Okay, but I don't like them together. Rumple mints isn't. Mint chocolate. Oh, sorry. I, I, th- I thought you were attacking me for not wanting to try the mint chocolate cookie. Oh, no. The other day. Oh, oh my never God. mind. Anyway. Uh, I just, let me live. <laughs> so what, are you are you toasting the end of the world today? I am toasting the end of the world. What for? Because we have, like, over 5,000 nuclear warheads underneath our feet as we speak. It could happen any second. I mean, it didn't happen back in 1995, right? Uh, no, no, something else happened in 1995. That's actually when my thing is happening. Yeah, <laughs> so, so what's that about? Okay. I've been waiting. I've been waiting days for this. I've been restraining okay. myself from Googling it myself because I want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. All right, let me, let me get at my notes here. Let me set the stage. 1984. Oh. <laughs> Shoko Asahara, formerly a... Uh, Chizuo Matsumoto seeks to restore original Buddhism and everything goes wrong. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> that's what I wrote down. Everything goes wrong. The cult that we're going to I'm going to talk about tonight is uh, called Om Shinrikyo or uh, in Japanese Omu Shinrikyo, which it translates roughly to supreme truth. You say translates. Uh, roughly translates. It we'll re- hear it later. You'll hear it later when Okay, you fine, fine. I like, comment, and subscribe if I didn't say translates because that's not a word. So it was a syn- <laughs> a syncretic system, which just means it combined, like, two different things. So this dude put together Indian Buddhism, Tibetan Buddhism, uh, Hinduism, mainly the worship of uh, Shiva, mm-hmm. who's usually depicted as being kind of violent, as well as uh, they took from the Book of Revelation, yoga and uh the prophecies of nostradamus although in everything that i read i didn't see what specifically from nostradamus other than his you know there are some things there where he talked about the end of the world but um he drew he drew inspiration from that asahara it it all started he he was doing a uh, yoga and meditation class in his uh tokyo apartment and at the time it was titled omu uh, shinsen no kai which means Ohm Club of Gods and Hermits. So, I could party there. I'm sure anybody could have partied there at the time, you know, right at the beginning. I'm sure it was chill. Yeah. Just chill, everybody meditating in this dude's apartment. So for for the uninitiated, Ohm is uh, the, the sacred syllable. It's like when you see a depiction of a guru and he's sitting there going, Ohm. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't think it's like a a word specifically that's just like that's the syllable that represents the universe or whatever and chanting it makes you closer to the universe something along those lines i'm sorry i'm not i'm not a religious expert but 
so it uh, steadily grew. He like started getting you know more people attending his class, and so within five years, uh, so in 1989, he achieved religious organization status. Like he had enough followers. Where it was uh, only took him five years. Only took him five years. Start today, folks. <laughs> in <laughs> you, five years. In five years, if you work hard, you could have your very own religious organization. Look, it's just another five year thing. Yeah. So, so this guy, keep in mind, uh, he will turn out to be a uh, a mass murderer, and uh, <laughs> he was invited to speak at universities. He's publishing books at the time, like he was a, like not necessarily a world figure, but like he was known globally. Like there was people outside of Japan that were like buying into what he was putting out. Was it like sinister to begin with? It didn't seem so. It didn't like no nobody saw it coming. Right on. So he's rapidly gaining followers. The figures that I saw was like tens of thousands of people were following this guy. So, the, you know, last episode we were talking about the Seekers, it was like a few dozen people chilling in uh, Dorothy's house. Now it's uh, tens of thousands across the world giving money to this Asahara guy. He eventually declares himself Christ, of course. Also says that he's the first enlightened person since the Buddha. So he's he's Christ and also he's the new Buddha. That's a that's a bold claim. It is a bold statement, and uh, you know, let's see how he follows that up. <laughs> Despite uh, anti-materialist teachings, you know, because of all the Buddhism, former members are quoted saying that they paid like a lot of money for like initiation rituals and just you know rituals in general. You know, any sort of ritual involving uh, Asahara's hair, his bath water, and then uh, the one spe- like more specific figure, somebody paid like eight grand. To drink uh, what was purported to be his blood. Oh my god. As an initiation ritual. Oh like, my god. Welcome to own Shinrikyo. <laughs> it's like when a frat boy gets too much power. No, yeah, that's exactly. And also turns demonic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what's blood, going on. Drink my blood. <laughs> so a lot of the early followers are like, oh, were like local people, are like elite members of society like they went to like top universities so i i should have looked up what nice uh japanese universities are called but uh basically like they're ivy leagues like okay japanese equivalents of like harvard and yale like people from like those tier of school and like family and prestige started following him because you know they're pressured into like getting these careers and getting these degrees and they want to find you know more meaning to life and here's a fresh new uh, <laughs> religious organization, hot off the press, ready to you know give you give you meaning and direction. Only five years old, just a tender religion. Yes, just a, a young tender lad. <laughs> Over time, Asahara becomes convinced that the world is going to collapse into World War Three, and uh, only his followers would survive to pass the this apocalypse to start a new civilization. Like after everything ends. Oh, she's uh, silly. So he was predicting it wasn't super specific on like any dates, but he just he thought it was gonna it was gonna all end in nineteen seven nineteen ninety seven, and it would be started by the United States. That doesn't surprise me. Eventually attacking Japan, and so every, you know everything would everything would definitely be going to hell in nineteen ninety seven. That's when they movies Hercules. <laughs> the, the animated movie. Yeah, it was the first movie I ever saw. Could you imagine a world in which a two-year-old me didn't see Hercules and fall asleep in the theaters? Like, uh, God, that one moment was so pivotal. And if the world really ended in 1997. You saw it in theaters? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At two years old? Yeah. I 
was wow. I was a pretty cool toddler. I remember watching it on my uh, grandparents' TV. I liked <laughs> I can go the distance. <laughs> that song where he's like walking along and he throws the rock. We're off topic now, but he throws okay, the rock really say, far. Hercules was sexy. Meg was also sexy. Hercules is a great movie. Go watch Hercules. Stream Hercules on iTunes. <laughs> Street Hercules streaming now. Yes. Um, okay. All right. Back to Asahara and his uh his cult. Controversy started in the late '80s due to accusations of deceiving recruits, holding members against their will, and <laughs> also forcing uh, donations. Could you imagine? Okay, paying someone eight thousand dollars, ingesting their blood, and then claiming you're being there against your will. Like, you did those crazy fucking things. Like, this was your fault. Like, what do you mean you're being held against your will? Like, you're paying out the ass to drink little- Oh, God. God. These people's crazy. I know. That's why we're talking about them on this podcast. But it gets- It only goes downhill from there. Oh, God, I can't wait. All right. So, in February 1989, so around the time that they were finally gaining, like, recognizable status- legally they killed a member for attempting to leave it's like somebody somebody tried to back out and they were like uh no you can't leave you're part of this now <laughs> and they killed him as far as the cult goes asahara is the only name that we need to know i'm gonna throw out a new name here Tsutsumi <laughs> sakamoto he was a this is the only name you need to know but well here's as, another as far as the cult so like cult wise okay asahara is the only guy okay uh, sakamoto is a, a leading lawyer in a, a lawsuit against them because of all of that shady stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So by October of eight, nine, 1989, it, uh, it's not looking good for Ohm. Mm-hmm. The, they could be bankrupt by all the legal fees if you know, everything goes through. So he uh, Sakamoto records a talk show interview talking about the case and you know ba- basically just talking trash on Ohm the whole time. So before it airs, the station breaks several, like, protection of sources laws and shows it to the cult, like, shows them everything that he says. And after this, uh, Sakamoto and his whole family, so it said his wife and his child, also went missing. So they all go missing. Uh, That case at the time goes cold, but it is uh, later proven that Ohm was behind it. They uh, murdered them and then dumped the bodies, you know, in, in discreet locations. And why you gotta bring a child into that? They're just... Asahara was a, a ruthless man. That's crazy. But besides Sakamoto, they considered several other assassinations, uh, mainly on critics of the cult, such as uh, heads of the other, like, proper Buddhist sects. And uh, there's a cartoonist named uh, Yoshinori... Kobayashi. They actually made an attempt on him in 1993, but I guess they failed since it was just called an attempt. There wasn't a lot of follow-up that I could find on this Kobayashi guy, but uh, they tried to kill him because he made like satirical cartoons about them, basically just like making fun of them in the papers. And they're like, this guy needs to die. <laughs> so that, that same year, 1993, in July, uh, they try spreading anthrax. They try to spread anthrax spores from the cooling tower on top of their headquarters. That's so uninspired. Everyone does anthrax, you know? Not at the time. This was when anthrax was still hip. (laughs) Everybody was doing anthrax in the 90s. That's the cool mass murdering drug. Tool. Spin. 
commodity. <laughs> anyway. So the anthrax doesn't kill anybody. They uh they they failed kind of hardcore. They there there were complaints about bad orders. <laughs> um but no infections. Nobody actually got infected by the anthrax. Their next uh their next mass murder plan is uh they begin uh manufacturing sarin gas, which is a chemical chemical weapon developed by the Nazis. And then uh VX gas, which is way worse. It was developed by the UK. Amazing. So these are these are very lethal chemicals that are able to be dispersed in like several different ways. Usually gas, but also in liquid form. On top of that, they also tried to produce uh one thousand automatic rifles. Although it was it was quoted that they were only able to actually make one. I don't know if that That's means amazing. that only one worked or they were only they only got around to making one. Well, rifle. maybe the one that they made had the firepower of a thousand guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one gun has the gun power of a hundred guns of gun. a thousand guns gun power gun power this AK has about 336 gun power alright sir but what about in relation to horsepower about three <laughs> <laughs> three horsepower <laughs> I've almost finished my wine yes you have oh my god <laughs> oh profanity I'm so sorry, my fair viewers. What the hell's wrong with you? Why do I keep saying viewers? Why do I keep saying thanks for watching? Like, we're... <laughs> my mom always said I had the voice for radio. <laughs> and here, anyway, here we are. Let's go. Uh, so June 27th, 1994, uh, they use a refrigerator truck that they converted to, like, basically... You know those trucks that have, like... Oh, yeah. You know, they go around to spray for mosquitoes? Yeah, been in one few times. What? Disregard. Okay. Disregarded. Um, <laughs> so they, they drive it around the neighborhoods of judges that are overseeing a real estate dispute. So th these these guys just can't stay out of legal trouble once they've reached the limelight. They're just like people suing them left and right over over like the stuff that they're doing. Uh, so there's a real estate dispute. They drive this truck spraying sarin gas around this neighborhood. Targeting the judges, but basically anybody in that area. And what year is this? Nineteen ninety four. Okay, so a year before like the big thing. A year before the big thing, and so that that real estate dispute was it was leaning against the cult. So they were like, if we kill the judges, <laughs> it'll just all it'll all be water under the bridge, right? So it uh, the attack killed eight and injured five hundred. God, did any of the judges die? I, uh, from what I could tell, no. So, like, they were just driving this truck around the neighborhoods that these judges lived in. So, it was anybody, like, walking on the street was an unintentional target. And I imagine most of those people were not the ones that they were actually trying to kill. So, they killed one more later in the winter with a VX gas. If I could just rabbit trail for a moment and talk about what these gases, like, do to you. So sarin gas causes mus muscle convulsions. The cause of death, like when you're afflicted by it, is typically asphyxiation because you can't control your diaphragm and the other muscles involved with breathing and you just can't breathe. And so you basically just, you have like a seizure, but like times a hundred. It's like every, all your muscles are contracting. You go blind because your pupils contract all the way because it's like, all the way, like like you go, you go blind. Point pupils, basically, yeah. 
Dang, could you imagine how terrifying that was? It sounds awful. A lethal dose will kill you in as little as one minute. Oh my god! Yeah, but within ten. So if you've gotten a lethal dose, you have <sighs> less than ten minutes to live. Damn, and know. that ten minutes is not a good time. VX gas uh, has actually been classified as a, a weapon of mass destruction due to its potency. So like ten milligrams. 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 So okay. ten milligrams will kill you in fifteen minutes. I bet. And that's, that can just be, like, on your skin, like, a little bit of... They can put it on your hand. You're dead. 15 minutes. Unless you wash it off immediately, if you knew what was happening. But before you die, you'll experience a muscle-twitching nausea, runny nose, and tightness of the chest. So they uh, kidnap and murder one more person in February of 1995. It's uh, the brother of a member who escaped. So, like, somebody that, like... Before they were killing people that tried to leave, this guy actually made it out. They were calling him, trying to get him to send uh, send money and whatnot, and threatening him. And uh, he had left a note saying, if I disappear, it was Om Shinrikyo. Um, police make raids to a bunch of cult facilities in March. or Well, they, they made plans to, to start raiding their facilities in March. Allegedly, Asahara is uh, tipped off and orders an attack to divert the police. To like basically make the try and try and divert their manpower to elsewhere. So in uh, March twentieth of nineteen ninety five, Om releases uh, their manufactured sarin on five different trains in the Tokyo subway. This attack kills thirteen, injuring severely injuring fifty four and affecting uh, nine hundred eighty. That's just out of the people that are injured. That's just like who came forward. The actual estimates say uh, as many as 6,000 uh, people were like affected by the whole attack. But they, they did it by basically putting little boxes with bags of sarin that are like leaking. Over the course of the day, the sarin gas just like is leaking a little bit and then just like suddenly dispersed into the subway car. The They go on and raid the facilities anyway. You want to know what they found? Hmm. Whole bunch of shit, I'll tell you. Explosives? Uh, more chemical weapons. A Russian military helicopter. It's like a like an attack helicopter. Uh, stockpiles of chemicals. Un- uh, so enough chemicals basically to produce enough sarin gas to kill four million people. God. So they had big plans, and that's why they really didn't want the raids to go through, and they were trying to divert everything, as well as uh, drug labs. So they were producing like heroin and meth and crack and like a you know. They had all kinds of stuff going on. They were people from like meditation to like mass murder and crack. It's insane. When you think you're God and the world's gonna end, yeah. you do a lot of crazy things. Gives some perspective. And so in the in the aftermath of that, so like all of those attacks previously, um, there wasn't enough evidence to implicate that it was them. But with this, there was finally enough for them to go and you know, raid their facilities, they found all this, and they, you know, Asahara and all the other people that were high up and, like, perpetrated these attacks all got arrested. And it was, for the most part, shut down. There were a few splinter cells that, like, avoided the initial police raids and arrests. So on May 5th, that same year in 1995, uh, a burning bag got extinguished in uh, the Shinjuku station, which is a fairly busy 
uh, station in Tokyo that if it had not been found and extinct extinguished in time, it would have been uh, releasing enough hydrogen cyanide to potentially kill up to 10,000 commuters. This is just a burning bag, and when the fuse had gone down, it was just going to start releasing cyanide gas. What, what's the difference between cyanide and hydrogen cyanide? Is hydrogen cyanide worse? I think that's just its full name. Oh. At least for the gas form? I don't know. I just know cyanide's bad. So much cyanide on the ground. What's up with that? I, I don't know. Tough to say. Okay, the next thing. Uh, July 4th, they found several more devices similar to that one, uh, but they were found undetonated around uh, more of the Tokyo subway lines. So that af- after they found those and diffused them and dealt with them, that was that was it. That, that was everything that, uh, that they were able to carry out. There was, there was two main groups that splintered off in the aftermath of all this. The one is called uh, Aleph, which is the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and uh, it has some other religious uh, significance. Outside of that, that's basically the main thing, is it's the first letter. Forget what the other one was called, because they were less important. But Aleph, more recently in 2017, uh, had similar raids in uh, Russia and Japan, because uh, a lady paid like $10,000 for... uh, lessons because they were doing the same sort of like mm-hmm. well meditation get your life in order find meaning and charging people absurd amounts of money and so they raided that and this past summer uh, on july 6th uh asahara as well as the people that uh, carried out the sarin gas attack on the subway were all executed and to top it all off, the world didn't even end in 1997. Little Aaron saw her keys yes. in theaters and fell asleep halfway through. And Toy Story. Well, we got to I see Toy Story. I don't think I saw Toy Story, though. Not much of a Toy Story fan. You still haven't seen Toy Story, you mean? I mean, I have, but I don't think I saw it like, back then. I don't think I saw it until I like, had a movie day in band class or something. Uh, it's not like that great of a movie. They're all kind of scary looking. Well, I'm just saying you wouldn't have seen it. That world could have ended. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th- I mean, there's a there's a pretty good chance for it's gonna end pretty soon. I mean, like any second, really. Any any second. Any second. Why is that? I mean, cause accidental nuclear annihilation. How easy is it for it to happen by accident? Would you figure? I mean, there was already like one. Would have been really horrible mass destruction episode, but we'll get to that later. Tell me all about it. Well, okay. Well, first I'm gonna like start. I'm gonna start on like the history of like nuclear bombs and stuff. We'll, we'll get okay. we'll get to it. We'll all get right. to it. The first ideas were as early as the 1930s, and you know one thing led to another. Whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> one thing led to another, and now we have nuclear bombs. And we do. That's honestly that. That's all I can really say on that. We're done. <laughs> Catch you next week. By the way, no. Seriously though, like one thing really did lead to another, and we boom the Manhattan Project, which is you know the famous Doctor Oppenheimer's nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. We're big and scary and powerful. We want the whole world to know it. The first test of this nuclear bomb was July 16th, 1945 in New Mexico. Um, 
It was equivalent to 20,000 tons of TNT. How many tons? 20,000. 20,000. 20,000, which means that's 20 million TNT pounds. <laughs> pounds of TNT. 20 million pounds of TNT. Mm-hmm. I, as a mere human, cannot process a number that large. So the, what you're telling me is it goes boom. Yeah, it does go boom. It does go boom. And it goes boom bad. Because, I mean, <laughs> like, we've seen what it can do, bro. Like, uh, not not even a month after the first test. Like, literally... 20 days after, on August 6th, 1945, is when we dropped the little boy in Hiroshima. And three days after that, August 9th, uh, we dropped the fat man in Nagasaki, and about 200,000 civilians of total were killed. I think it's weird that it's called little boy and fat man. Because, like... I saw a pic- I've seen pictures of those bombs, and they don't even look that different, so I don't know why they were named like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that the fat man was, like, a little more horsepower- <laughs> or whatever but yeah i don't really know i feel like it's weird that they're both like adjective male tall lad tall lad that would have been the third one jaunty lad jaunty lad uh one one more uh, uh, uh stocky dude scrawny guy scrawny boy <laughs> i mean i don't know if there's anything past death but if I were to find out after I died but I, that I got killed by something called Fat Man, I would be kind of pissed off. I mean, it's kind of a lazy name anyway. Yeah. Like, who fat shames anymore? It's 2018. <laughs> um, anyway, let's, let's, let's not joke in the midst of me saying there's 200,000 people were killed. Because <laughs> 200,000, like, literally, like, civilians. It wasn't even mostly the army people. Like, it was all civilians. Because Truman was fucking racist as fuck, and yeah. he was just like, I hate those dirty Japs. And you're like, come on, Truman, really? He's like, yeah, really, let's I'm bomb sad. them. I'm not trying to joke about it, because it's really sad, but I don't know what else to do. You don't have to do anything. I can just be quiet. Make men shut up 2K19. Damn. <laughs> Um, okay, so they killed hundreds of thousands of civilians. 200,000, yeah. And so, like, people argue that it had to be done. It was necessary for Japan's surrender for the end of the war. But the the 1946 U.S. Strategic Bombing Survey concluded that it was, like, completely unnecessary. Like, they interviewed, like, hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, about what was going on. You know, it was, like, some higher-up people, some civilians. Like, it was a mix of both. Like, the... One of one of like the royal family, I think he was a prince, said like we would have maybe kept up the resistance to like November, but then like that would be it. So like reasonably in all probability it would have been done two months later. Like is that really worth all of the like needless destruction? I don't know. It's ridiculous. And it's like on July twenty sixth, so like ten days before the first bomb was dropped, like we did send a document over called like the the Potsdam Declaration. It was basically us and our allies being like, hey, Japan, surrender. We're going to fuck you up, okay? But it was like only 10 days after they even like completed it. So like, how can you expect such a like big decision to be made, especially with how slow travel was, you know, back in, back in the day? I don't know, 80 years ago. Was tra- I feel like when I say that, I'm like, they, it took them weeks for correspondence. 
No, I do feel like it's kind of silly. Just but I guess they have, like, like, phones, right? You know, to, like, s- to send out a message to the civilians of your enemy to say, like, hey. Oh, no, it wasn't be- the civilians. Well, you better, you better surrender or we're gonna jack you up. And it's like, yeah, we're at war, that's the point. We're gonna jack you up, sir. Yeah, I mean, it kind of was stupid, and for only ten days to pass, and we're like, Oh, we got no response. We better drop the most destructive thing that we've ever created, ever. That's, that's rational. Yeah. And that, like, even Eisenhower was like, mm, that's kind of unnecessary. Like, in his memoir, memoir, he wrote, like, several paragraphs about it, and he said it was just, like, it was really ridiculous, and he says, like, looking back, he wish he would have, like, argued against it more and, like, done something about it, because he thought it was, like, just stupid, because it is stupid. It's stupid. Anyway. Well, yeah, it's a war crime. Yeah, horrible. But, you know, that ended because of that. And then at this point, move into the Cold War. A lot of it got set up in the first two years after World War Two. Like, a lot of things led to it. So, like, six months after the end of the Cold War. Like, six months. Or, the end of World War Two. sorry. Just split, like, only six months after the end of this war. The U.S. tested two more nukes on 95 ships in Bikini Atoll, which is the place that Spongebob is based off of. Uh, Bikini Bottom is supposed to be Bikini Atoll. So yeah, that's pretty interesting, I guess. Uh, Adds a darkness to the show that I did not pick up on as a child. I saw a thing recently that's like all the houses are like mufflers from cars because of the pollution of the ocean. A squirrel living underwater. Mm -hmm. That's, That's honestly the most messed up thing about the show. <laughs> How is she surviving under, at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. And the Bikini, Bikini Atoll got fucked up, though. Like, actually, like, all the islands no, yeah, around that's like got the, so fucked the up. the classic uh, video of a... Yeah, the mushroom cloud. It was basically, like, I mean, it was, like, mutually assured destruction. They called it a nuclear arms race. Because then, like, the Soviet Union was like, oh, U.S. dropping some nukes. We gotta... Gotta one up them. We gotta show them our nukes. Very cute bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it wasn't like four years later. They took four years to build their own nukes. So take that Soviet Union. We get, we have nukes sooner than you. So, ugh. We got discussing. to space first. Yeah. <laughs> Soviet Union. We got to space first. Man, we're such, like, humans are so petty and so <laughs> They are, I know. But honestly, the Soviets name their bomb, their name was so much cooler, you know? Like, if you get killed by, like, a little boy, or, like, you know, you get killed by Fat Man, you're like, come on, really. If you get ki- killed by First Lightning, you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, when people, like, you probably can't relate very much, but, like, when people were playing like halo and whatnot like way back in the day a really fun thing to do is to like name yourself uh, something like your mom so like there's like a little feed it's like so-and-so got killed by then it'll say your name and so it'd be like got killed by your mom (laughs) like stuff like that um for our listeners jesse's not mansplaining to me i I don't own any video- well, my husband bought an Xbox yesterday, but before then I've never owned video games. I have played video games maybe a dozen times in my life, so I do- I truly do not know anything. Just- I'm just throwing that out there. Probably ten out of that dozen has just been, like, Mario Party. (laughs) 
I think a dozen out of that dozen is <laughs> Mario Party. But here's so this is where light, it was lightning strike is what they first called it. lightning first lightning. Um, but this is then it really starts going down, you know. So okay. that was August 29th, nineteen forty nine, November first, nineteen fifty two. U.S. Uh, drops its first hydrogen bomb. the 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 cloud is a hundred miles wide and twenty five miles tall, and it killed everything. Like it killed like fucking everything, dude. In like a like a like a thirty mile radius or some shit. So, but real quick, real quick, the yes. the difference between nuclear and hydrogen bomb. Hydrogen bombs are much, 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 much worse. So, like, nuclear bombs go off of fission. Um, they're usually with uranium or plutonium. It's it's a reaction when it breaks the atom apart into what makes the atom up. You mm-hmm. know, so how, like, oxygen is, like, two hydrogens and a uh, H2O. That's not quite how chemistry but, works. But, you know, it's, okay, but it's it's similar I'm not a scientist. <laughs> but yes, it splits it up into all the protons and neutrons. These are very abbreviated notes. So I'm just <laughs> trying fine. to remember what I wrote down. Uh, it splits it up into the, all the little particles in each atom. Okay, yeah, so sure. But it breaks them apart. And the fallout radiation is caused because these atoms are unstable. So it's like releasing energy that can like react with your DNA and just like fuck it up all kinds of ways. Hydrogen bombs are like thermonuclear bombs are from fusion. So it's like two hydrogens are like combined into a helium. And so since it's a stable atom, there's no fallout or anything. But the explosion is like absolutely ridiculous. Like that's how like the sun gets its power. The biggest hydrogen bomb that has ever existed. So you know how the first the first nuclear bomb was 20,000 tons of TNT. Well, this hydrogen bomb is 10 million tons of tnt so ten thousand ten no sorry ten billion pounds of tnt compared to 20 million pounds of tnt well i like that it could serve a dual purpose you blow up your enemies and then you have all this helium you can blow up balloons that doesn't warrant a response for for the party afterwards doesn't warrant a response okay i'm sorry But anyway, but then in August 1953, so about nine months later, enough time to have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Folks, I'm fucked up. I'm so sorry. I had, I drank that wine way too fast. Um, the Soviet Union released a thermonuclear bomb. It, It wasn't quite what you could classify as a hydrogen bomb, but it worked on the same principle. Is that the, the SAR bomb? I don't know. Okay. But then on March 1st of 1954, the U.S. released Castle Bravo, which was a hydrogen bomb that they dropped on Bikini Atoll again. The The explosion was three times bigger than they thought, or like three times stronger than they thought it was going to be. So basically, up to 300 miles away, there was an un- unanticipated fallout. Eventually, these civilians got evacuated, but not until... Most of them got radiation poisoning, which, you know, that's great. Thanks. Thanks, yes. U.S. government. Piece of shit. Haha. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so radiation poisoning for a ton of civilians. And one of their own people died 90 miles out from the explosion. Beca- because of the because of radiation? The bomb. Or because of the explosion? Because of the explosion. Oh my god. It was three times bigger than they thought. They thought it was going to put out like 5 million megatons of whatever, but it was like 15.8. Man, I would 
Again, I would be pissed off if I was that guy because they they stationed him there and they're like, yeah, he's, he's probably like, so you're sure this is far enough away? <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking died. And then he got blown up in it. So anyway, so in my notes, this is where it says, so it's bad. Right. So it's bad. Nuclear bombs are bad. Hydrogen bombs are bad. The U.S. has 5,113 nuclear warheads that are active, that are under the ground. Under the ground. They're under us. There's just a ton, right? And that doesn't account for the ones that are, like, disarmed or, like, dismantled because they could easily be rearmed or remantled. <laughs> but there's, like, an estimated 15,000 more that have been dismantled or disarmed. So up to, like, 20,000 warheads underneath us. I, just, I need to let you know this. And when you said that in my head, I immediately thought of uh, that Talking Heads song. <laughs> but I, you know. When the days go by, there are warheads on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I hate myself. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I don't thing know how I've to thought. proceed from that. I've, that's the stupidest. That was like, that ended my world. I can say right now, this is the dumbest thing I've thought of all day. And I've already said some dumb things on this episode right here. Okay, but there's all these warheads underground. All these warheads, and you know what happened on January 24th, 1961? No, but tell me. Two, not one, but two, about three or four megaton nuclear warheads dropped dropped from a B-52 plane. It was like a fluke, and they dropped on North Carolina, like U.S. soil. They didn't explode. But a declassified document from 2013 states that one came, like, really fucking close to to exploding. Like, really fucking close. I've, okay, I think I've heard about that incident, actually, and they're, like, there there was only, like, out of all the fail-safes, there was only one fail-safe that didn't fail. Yeah. And that's the reason that there isn't a gulf where the Carolinas are right now. Yeah. I found I found this website. It's called nuclearsecrecy.com or like in short nuke map. It's called like the nuke map. Um, so it does a bunch of tons of calculations okay. to see how like a nuclear weapon dropped like anywhere. Like what would happen? So for this example. Are you, did you do one for dropping on Columbus? No. Okay. I just used like a like a just hit a button and did like some random example. So you chose a random one. Yeah. Okay, that's probably for the best. Yeah. So for this example, we used a a one hundred and fifty kiloton yield warhead, and that it's from North Korea to California is the trajectory. Okay. So in this simulation, the nuke exploded. Just over one mile in the air. So after it explodes, just over half a mile radius is, like, the actual explosion. Like, pure flame. Like, 100% flame. Like, everything that is in this radius would be, like, completely incinerated. Right. Maybe it sh- we shouldn't be drinking this whole time. I'm getting very sloppy. This whole time you drank it during my half. <laughs> well, okay. So radiation... <laughs> The next, the next radius, the next circle or zone, if you will. Yes. It's um, about 1.2 miles in radius. 50% of the people would die in a short amount of time ranging between hours or days. 
Okay. Half from of, from the radiation. Yep. Half half of y'all would die. Then there's the air blast radius, which is a, a, like a little over four and a half miles in radius. Mm-hmm. There's still an explosion force of five pounds a square inch. So it still collapse most buildings and probably rupture your eardrums, give you permanent hearing loss, could like burst vessels in your eyes. Ouch. Yeah, it, it could like shake you, shake you to your core, you know? <laughs> it's, I don't know knock your socks like off? It'll knock your fucking socks off. But then like another six and a half miles outside of that radius is like the thermal radiation radius, which you can suffer like third degree burns. Like, it's like, it just burns everything. Like, gives it a nice toast. And then anything, like, really outside of that, you would just probably face some, like, light injuries with it being so high up in the air. Mm-hmm. There's there's not much, like, more for it to spread out because it would dissipate in the atmosphere. But yeah, so just imagine your your local government is just transporting a nuke from, like, one place to another and just fucking drops by accident, you know, because why not? And then that happens, and then it's like, what? Before that like simulation, thirteen miles, and in thirteen mile radius, like most of them will like die or die soon. For for that simulation, that uh, figure that you gave for the warhead is that like how big is that in relation to like the average size? Of well, this? that's a uh, hundred and fifty kiloton, and then the the ones that were dropped in North Carolina were about four megatons. So kiloton isn't even, like, very big. I think kiloton is bigger than a megaton, but I'm not sure. It's probably smaller, because 150... Probably is kilo and then mega. Yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's not even really that big, then. Well, shit. Yeah. That can happen, like, any time. And from what I understand, I didn't really look into this, but from what, from what I understand, it would be pretty easy to accidentally set off a nuke. If you were in, like, regular contact with one, you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. if you, like, had access, like, it could be it could be pretty easy. So, yeah. Wouldn't that be, like, amazing? And there, and no one knows how far Fallout, like, actually goes. Actually, that's probably not true. I don't know why. Well, I mean, it depends <laughs> no on the, the, the air currents and whatnot, because it can be carried, it could be carried over to Europe if the conditions were right. If yeah. it were to happen here, or like between here and the East Coast. I mean, Chernobyl, you still can't even like get anywhere close to the site. It's been how long? Like, that happened in like the 70s, right? Where I wasn't alive then. <laughs> Me neither. And I don't know if anything was real before I was born, because I didn't experience it, you know? Yeah. This whole episode has been stuff before I'm born. How do I know it's yeah. real? Well, if you're a solipsist, it's not. Nothing is real outside of you. You, the viewer, wake up. <laughs> You're in a coma. Wake up. Stop. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching the little thing <laughs> fill up, you know, from zero to however long this is now. See you next time. Bye, folks.